Tonight, we're taking a look back at 2016 and discussing which anime series and characters won our little otaku hearts. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Otaku Movie Anatomy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we're going to start this yes, one off. we're starting it off with this. Thanks for watching your talking movie anatomy, guys. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes, and hit that thumbs up on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter at the Popcorn Talk. I am your host Yume, and you can find me all over the ninja at my new handle Yume Warlock. Unless you're on Twitter, it's still Yume Ninja. You just literally <laughs> said all over the ninja, which is which is amazing. By the way, we should call the internet yeah, the ninja from now on. Uh, you can find me at Max Salt on the everything. Uh, I mean, I don't know why I just said that. Okay, that's weird. It's a weird start. It's because I messed you up. Yeah, you just totally (laughs) threw me for a loop. I was like, what is the ninja? Is the internet, what did I say? Um, So we are trying a very new format from this year on, I guess, of 2017. We're going to try to do a lot more new things. We're going to try to have like these discussion episodes as opposed to just uh, a single movie because we would really love to hear from you guys. And also, I think it's, you know, it always devolves into us arguing about something yes. anyway. Yeah. So we might as well just we might have as well a, do it. Yeah, let's have a legitimate <laughs> format. Uh, yeah, so. we are moderating chat tonight, so you guys can feel free to chime in. We are doing the best anime series of 2016, and it is definitely our own opinion. This is not based on any facts. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's based on the fact that we're right all yeah, the time. We're super that, right. <laughs> that's the only fact that really needs to exist. Um, yeah, so we just uh, we just kind of like saw on the internet that everyone was sort of doing yeah. a top uh, best animes of 2016, and we were like, hey, we should throw our own opinion yeah. in because I feel like at this point we have watched enough anime. To kind of uh, uh, be Have a credible source. Yes, we, right? we are definitely a credible source. <laughs> but once again, if you guys have differing opinions, we would love to hear your reasoning in the chat. Um, yeah. So it is two weeks into 2017. Um, tonight, Max and I will battle to the death as we agree or disagree on what animes we like. We are going to be discussing a few categories, and those categories are Guilty Pleasure Anime of 2016, Most Underrated Anime of 2016, Best Written Anime of 2016, Breakout Anime of 2016, and those are the ones we didn't see coming, and, of course, Best Anime of 2016. And on on this prompt, it says that we're going to cordially agree, and I really don't think we're we're going going to. to. (laughs) Definitely not. Uh, I don't know. There's something that's crazy. It says on the YouTube that it's not live anymore. Um, Something has been going crazy. I don't know if people can still hear me or see me. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. That's It's totally weird. YouTube just decided to shut down on me. This is going great, guys, <laughs> by the way. This is a good way to start 2017, our new show format. Please yeah. don't hate us, and please don't leave. Um, we're still doing stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's start with Guilty Pleasure Anime. So let mm. me just start off with mine. Mine is obviously Love Live Sunshine. For very obvious reasons. Those of you who have not bothered to ever listen or watch Love Live, Love Life Sunshine is the continuation of the original Love Live series starring a whole new set of girls. Um, nine girls in a seaside school called Uranohoshi, and they are once again trying to save their school from closure. 
Um, <laughs> the reasons why I love this anime is Love Live pretty much changed my life. Oh, um, wow. That's, and <laughs> that's a, a huge statement it, there. I was not into idol anime until Love Live, and I think Love Live Sunshine offers the one thing that the original Love Live did not offer me, and that is, is my best girl, Yohane. Oh, come on. <laughs> She's, like, so designed to be, like, the most lovable yes. one. Because it's, like, anyone that's ever lived through otaku culture or anyone that has ever, like, basically pretended to be Naruto on a playground somewhere is going to relate to her. Yes. Like, it's just, she is it's the, too easy. Yeah, she's too the easy. ultimate Chunimbyo lovable girl, and I love her. I am very glad that they pandered to me, and I could not get enough of it. Well, that that is good. <laughs> uh, my, I'm going to go to mine, because I also agree that, uh, that uh, Love Live is what I would call a guilty pleasure. Yes. Um, <laughs> I also love anime, uh, idol anime, specifically just because like i don't know love live is one of those theories where you're like oh man something about this just gets me as a grown man yes uh <laughs> i think it's the pureness and the friendship yeah i'm like oh man i wish i had all those things in high school yeah, i did I not did not either no, no not that's why this is a fiction <laughs> yes. okay <laughs> so my guilty pleasure of 2016 was sweetness and lightning oh that's a good choice and if you don't know what that is uh it's Basically, an anime about a newly widowed father who has to connect with his young daughter through food uh, with the help of a young high school girl who is also the student in a school. And so the reason that this is, I guess, it's not really a guilty push because I think this is a legitimately really good show. It just, maybe I enjoyed it. Like, I just had a lot of emotions about this, just way more than I probably should have. Um, it kind of combines two of my favorite things. Which is food anime. Yes. I love food anime. I, there's something about food anime that just like, like I don't know, like I just resonate I with. I feel like the food anime genre is so good at animating their food mm -hmm. that I that's the appeal. Yeah. I feel like you, when you get like shokugeki, like sweetness and lightning. Even like I was, I watched like Paco's Udon World. Oh, yeah, yeah, Paco's. <laughs> that's very. Like, it's an it's, interesting one. Yeah, it's so. The whatever details they put into just making the food, whether or not it actually centers around food, is so great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the reason that this makes it stand out because I like Shokugeki just as well, and the second season of Shokugeki was also uh, with was the last season was mm. in the last season. Uh, actually, the last two seasons. Actually, when this came out, they were kind of in the same vein. Yeah. Um, and. The thing about Shokugeki is that it's all about food, and it's like a shonen anime about food. Yes. The great thing about Sweetness and Lightning is that it's about food, but it's really more about the slice-of-life story, which is the second mm -hmm. part of why this is a, such a great anime, uh, is about the father and the daughter trying to connect through food because he feels like, you know, uh, how, do you how do you describe death to a young girl, you yeah. know what I mean? And the, like, how the, do you live The with daughter that? is relatively young. She's like, she's, I say she's like, like in kindergarten? She's in kindergarten, yeah. Or she's in preschool, mm. I think. And so she's like super young. She kind of, she's in that point where like she kind of understands but doesn't really understand at the same time. And it's, it's, it's a very, it begins as like this very like disheartening story almost. Yeah. It's super depressing. Um, but eventually it kind of like, the food is a device in which this relationship really grows and just the way that they, like, show the food at the same time and how they make the food and then, like, the relationships. And there's also kind of a B story of, like, the high school girl mm -hmm. uh, who – she has – her whole thing is, like, her mom is a famous chef. Yeah. 
and she's always like working all the time, so she's kind of lonely. And so like she's also learning how to make food uh, with this family. And then there's also the B story is her kind of falling in love as well and trying to like figure out what this relationship is kind of like. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially within herself. And so there's a lot of layers to this that isn't just, like, food. Yeah. Which which See, I, I feel l- like your your guilty pleasure actually has a bit more substance to it than mine. Sure, it does. <laughs> it does. Um, but no. but at the same time, I, I feel like Love Live kind of, it kind of, like, has the same tropes. Yes, it kind of has, like, the same idea and feeling of uh, people creating relationships with yes. each other. Yes, yes. Yeah, I will say about Sweetness and Lightning, I feel like it's one of those that, it's not on my list, but I definitely watched some of it. Um, I don't think I got as far as you, but there was a scene when the uh, the daughter is like, oh, I, I want some steamed rice. Because it's like her mom has been dead mm-hmm. for six months and her father has only been like buying like bentos from mm-hmm. like the convenience stores. And it was such a sad scene when like they finally make the rice and she's just like, Eating it and like so happy but sad, and then she's also she's always like, oh, it's so good. And yeah, it's just you know they they also have their ups and downs. It's not always like they make food and everyone's happy. It's like there's problems yeah. and they kind of solve it with food uh, or solve it with just uh, being together. Um, so I'm gonna just check chat real quick. It yeah. it looks like every it's kind of busy. Yeah. Oh uh, damn. <laughs> uh, everyone seems to be kind of behind on anime this year. Um, you trust me, you're not the only ones. There was yeah. a lot of really great standout anime out there, and uh, uh, you would be crazy, but very respected if you had watched it all. Yes. But still crazy. That's a hell of a lot of yeah, time. Yeah, it is. Because, I mean, I make it a point every season to watch at least the first two episodes of everything that comes out, and this season, I couldn't even get to it. Like, I, there was a bunch that I couldn't get to. Yeah. Um, and I would have loved to really... Ex- like really finish a lot of these other series mm-hmm. um but you know sometimes you just got to pick the best ones or you just got to watch an episode and feel and like watch that one that resonates with you the yeah. most uh so i guess for that we should go into the most underrated anime of 2016 yeah why don't you do go with yours first max um i would say the most underrated for me was occultic nine uh if you didn't know it's the series um I guess it's the, I call it the improperly used semicolon series because they improperly use semicolons. I don't quite know, uh, quite think that they know uh, what semicolons are and what their function is. But Occultic Nine um, is kind of within the vein of uh, Steins Gate, Robotic Notes, Chaos Head, which are all visual novels. And this, I believe, is a light novel. It's based on a light novel. Um, And just the summary is, a group of strangers wrapped up in the occult are brought together by a mysterious mass suicide in a lake. So that's how it starts. Um, This series is really great because it has the most interesting characters I've seen in anime because you know how it is. You kind of, when you watch a lot of anime, you realize that these characters are tropes. Mm -hmm. And to a certain extent, they, they, they all are all tropes in some ways, but they're just kind of all quirky and weird and interesting, not cool and kind of like crunchy. If that's a weird thing to describe a human, it totally <laughs> is, but it, that's a good way to describe it. Um, the story is very good because it's about the occult. It's about how the occult meets science and how sometimes those things aren't necessarily apart. Uh, and it follows all of these other characters. There's a psychic. Um, there's these two high school students. They're trying to run an occult blog. There's a son of this uh, great, great 
occult researcher. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this kind of like prophetic uh, manga artist, and then like a psychic and a ghost. Like all these really weird characters kind of come together within this this mass event of this mass suicide, which seems like a curse. It's like 220 people like just drown themselves for no oh. reason, uh, and then it's they're trying to like uncover what happens. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything for you because I think you should definitely watch it. Um, that yeah. was definitely one of the ones that I didn't watch this season, so it's interesting because it's underrated. Yeah. But it's 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 <laughs> very good. Also, the direction style is was very interesting. It kind of reminds me of uh, Bakemono Gatari, okay. kind of like this weird phonetic, um, very artsy, very well animated too. So. I would say go for that one. Yeah. My most underrated anime of 2016 is The Disastrous Life of Psyche K. Um, this was one of those short form animes. I think it was between like 8 to 12 minutes each episode. The I think it was on Funimation originally, and then they moved it over to Crunchy. But it was like every few days they would release episodes. The, the story follows um, Psyche Kuso, who is like, born with these tremendous psychic powers. So he's got, like, you know, he's got, like, got, ES, like, ESP, telepathy, and all this stuff. And it basically is a crazy anime that basically highlights so many crazy tropes that are present in anime. Um, like, they have the Chunimbyo character, and mm. he is the most Chunimbyo of characters that I've ever seen. So those of you who aren't familiar with Chunimbyo, it's, what, uh, middle schooler disease? Yeah, they call it middle schooler disease, but it's basically when your imagination runs off with you, yeah. like when you pretend to be Naruto. Yeah, basically. Um, and uh, I like that all of the care- basically Psyche is like this kind of crazy smart guy, but his whole goal is to not stand out. So he can't be unpopular and he can't be super popular, um, but he has these kind of comedic adventures with like this popular girl who is trying very hard and she thinks that she's blessing all these dudes with her presence but because he can read her mind he tries to actively avoid her but then uh, she falls in love with him and she doesn't understand why he doesn't like her that's the the dude that has the pink hair yes. and the little antenna right and then they explain yeah, yeah. it it was funny because like they even go into explaining like he explains like yes you might wonder why my hair is pink and it's because I've changed the entire whole world view so in anime People have colored hair, and nobody says anything about it because I've changed their whole worldview. Uh, uh, but it it literally goes into every single trope, and they reference a lot of different anime that are popular and break down their tropes. Um, and then every single episode afterwards brings it back to the original story. Like, even the popular girl, like, her brother's an idol, but he's obsessed with her for mm. some reason, and he doesn't think it's weird, but the main character's like, you're a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I think that's a Shonen Jump, Shonen yeah, Jump series. It is. I, it's I believe a, it's one of those like for uh, the Gold Coma, which is yeah. like four panel comics. Yeah. Um, um, I, I I I haven't seen the anime, but I have read some of it, and it is it is incredibly it is, funny. It is so hilarious. Yeah. Um, Shonen Jump always like picks either really great action series or like really funny comedy yeah. series. So. Obviously, this is definitely something to check out, especially because yeah. it has the Shonen Jump brand on mm-hmm. it. You know, usually it's pretty trustworthy. Yeah. It's not my usual cup of tea, but I, I really liked it. And I feel like not a lot of people watched it, and I think you should, just because it's an easy watch. Yeah. All right. What's next? Next is the best written anime of 2016. Mm. Max? By all means. I just went. It's your <laughs> turn now. Um so mine was, uh, this was a mouthful, uh, Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju. 
which is basically set in both past and present day during the Showa period, which I believe is the early 1900s to mm-hmm. 1960s. Um, it basically follows uh, the kind of tradition of Rakugo storytelling, which is traditional Japanese. Uh, one narrator sits on a stage and basically acts out all the characters in the story, either in e- either like usually it's comedy. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, but it basically follows this these two guys who are taught by the same master and kind of their desire to kind of continue and push Rakugo forward. One of them is much more traditionalist and he has a lack of passion, but is the one that ends up being the one that their master chooses to continue the name. And the other one, Sukeroku, is got a really great kind of like outlandish and new way of doing Rakugo that is popular, but the kind of tragedy strikes their lives and it kind of revolves around all of their different relationships. Um, I feel like uh, this was one of those, like, if you watched it, you really liked it, but you have to really understand, like, the Japanese culture, culture yeah. behind it. Like, even when I first watched it, it was just basically due to the artwork because I thought it was very pretty. Mm. I had to basically Wikipedia what Rakugo was. Yeah. Um, um, just uh, just as a, a preface is that Rakugo is a traditional Japanese storytelling art. Mm-hmm. And basically what happens is they sit in a theater and they just tell a story. Yeah. But they have a ca- certain cadence, which is sort of the performance aspect of it. It's... It, it's hard to describe because mm-hmm. what really – there's all of these stories that people have written and people have performed, and they perform the same stories, but yeah. they perform it in a different way. Yeah. And so it's a matter of, like, what that master has taught their students. And so this this sort of, like, apprentice uh, sensei type um, – What where do you go from there? Like, what is yeah. your own style? Like, it really starts to bloom. Um, and I believe this is what post – this is – during World it's, War II. So it happens because it's both like what 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 is considered like present and future. Like yeah. some of it happens before World War II, some of it happens after World right. War II. But I think the writing was just exceptionally good because it the relationships between the two main characters, um, the kind of camaraderie they feel, like one is just kind of like a little orphan ruffian and mm-hmm. he gets taken in and the other one is like he comes from like a tradition of like Performance and his mother is like I think either a geisha or some sort of dancer, but he breaks his leg so yeah. he can't do it anymore. It's just like these two characters and how their their lives become intertwined due to you know both the war, their their different practices of art, like their difference of personality, the women that come into their lives. Um, I think it was just really beautiful, really written. Yeah. I wish I could argue with you because I've watched Rakugo and Rakugo is very good. Uh, well, if you like, if you like learning about yeah. culture, it's super slow. Yeah, this is not one of those things that you're like, oh man, I want a nice action-packed time. Let me yeah. put on some Rakugo. No, yeah, no. <laughs> this is like if you want to see uh, this sort of beautiful illustration of uh, a cultural art. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in terms of art performance art, uh, my choice for best written of 2016 was actually Yuri on Ice. Really? Uh, <laughs> yes. I know, okay, so there's a lot of people that are like, Yuri on Ice is like the best anime of 2016. I would have to tend to disagree. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. think it was the best. I don't think, because there's just so many, there's a lot of things that Yuri on Ice doesn't do super well. Yeah. A lot of things. A lot of things. It's gorgeous in some parts and really jank in a lot, a of, lot parts. of parts. It's it's really hard to be like, yeah, this is like this beautiful original anime. 
It is an original anime. However, you can definitely tell that there are things, there are budgetary cuts. Yes. Uh, they need to repeat a lot of animation, stuff yeah. like that. Just the technical side, it just mm-hmm. wasn't that great. However, in terms of writing, I would have to say Yuri on Ice was very good for the most part. Um, obviously, it kind of does fall into some tropes, mm-hmm. but this did something that I have to give it credit for, which is sort of break the mold of, of just this very usual characterization of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that mean? It's basically, it could have been free, and it wasn't free. It wasn't free. free. So, I mean, you got to give it credit yes. for that. Uh, but also, it has a really good story of, um, you know, the, the Yuri and uh, Victor, which yeah. uh, Yuri is, I feel like I don't really even need to describe it, because it everyone kind of so knows. It was popular. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but if you need a summary, it's an inspiring Japanese skater named Yuri, and he's pit against another Russian skater named Yuri, uh, who kind of are are idolized this one other Russian skater uh, named Victor. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of the relationship as it builds up is like teacher and student, and then it kind of becomes a romance. Yeah. So, um, and obviously it's based on skating, so there's a bunch of other characters from other worlds, and they're all ridiculous. Let me tell you, yes. if there's one thing that I, I feel like they don't do very well <laughs> is the fact that, like, all of the foreign people are just sort of, like, these characterizations of their country, yes. but almost in a little bit of a racist way. Uh, the thing is, okay, okay, so let's talk about this. Okay. Let's talk about JJ, okay? JJ is the Canadian skater. Yeah. And he's, like, you know, all about JJ style, and he's outlandish and stuff. Like, JJ is not very Canadian at all. No, he's very American. All. Yeah. And it annoyed the shit out of me that he's like, oh, yeah, Canada. And I was like... There, there really isn't a ca- Canadian skater who's like that. Like, oh, like, oh, yes. Like, I'm super, like, all about Canada. And I have, like, a, a, like, he has, like, a tramp stamp. Yeah. Okay. So, but the thing is, that is one thing I yeah. can, like, agree with, uh, that it's ridiculous. But the whole thing is, he's Canadian. He's not American. I mean, for mm-hmm. the most part, these, all these characters, as even though they kind of fall into these weird tropes... They, like, still are different characters. They're, like, different, interesting, well-written characters. They all kind of have their own backstory. They all have their really interesting, like, uh, interrelationships as skaters. Uh, And, you know, just the story of Yuri and Yuri together, um, it kind of forms, like, this rivalry. But it's not about the technical side of Mm -hmm. skating. It's really more about the trying to find the what it means to be an artist Mm -hmm. as well as what it means to be... Someone in a relationship, how to be people in a relationship. Yeah. And what Yuri on Ice does really well is kind of like puts that all together without it being so fucking obvious. Which I have to say, like, that's why I like this is because they were subtle about a lot of things. Obviously, they're gay. That's like a thing, but it's really more about like two people having a relationship. And it's not like they're not just like. BLing the shit all over the yeah. ice. You know what I mean? Like, the the subtlety is what, what I feel like anime sort of needs. It's always that nice balance. All the best anime has that, like, subtlety, subtlety. Uh, of it not being totally expositioned, one, mm-hmm. and two, completely visually obvious. Um, also, you gotta give it credit because in Japan... You know, there's, there's BL. There's, like, things that are marketed towards things, but you'll never hear anyone be like... You know, there's something super gay or, like, you know, uh, usually it's always, like, these two students having, like, yes. kind of a, a, the same gender relationship. 
And that's also just sort of a thing like, oh, that's just youth. Like, they grow out of mm-hmm. that. This is like two adults having like a normal, like, homosexual relationship. Also, they're Russian and Japanese. You got to give them credit for it <laughs> at the very least. It's a touchy subject on, in both those countries. Yeah. Even Japan, even though there is a shit ton of BL in the world, yeah. it's like they're not super cool about that. Yeah. So, so yeah. I think this is where I kind of disagree with Max, where, like, I, I've actually gotten into arguments with people Uh-oh. about... We're gonna fight with, now. ...without the ground... about the groundbreaking, like, portrayal of relationships in Yuri on Ice. I think a lot of people that I know who are Fujoshi, which I admit I am one too, um, think that it's such an accurate portrayal of homosexual relationships and where I disagree. I feel like Yuri on Ice basically falls into the same tropes but is much more subtle about it. They don't go full like these are just two beautiful boys who are in love. Um, They kind of tone it down a bit but it's still it's still relatively the same thing these are all just pretty boys who happen to be in relationships and it's kind of this weird beautification of it that i feel like it's not a real homosexual relationship. well to be fair you're not watching yuri for the gritty realness of you know it's not it's not really a slice of life type deal it's it's this it's exaggerated ice skating like yeah you're going to get those tropes. You're, that's why everything is a little bit brighter. Everything is a little bit more energetic. I have never thought that that was going to be an accurate, yeah. accurate portrayal of, like, the hardships of being a figure skater. So. Yeah, or, or a homosexual figure skater. Or a homosexual. Um, and I feel like that was the, the argument that I had because it was, it was that these people are like, well, it's the best because it's groundbreaking. I'm like, but it's not. Like, let's be real. It's not. It's not trying to, to dis- portray real right. relationships. It's trying to just do... What it what most BL does pander to girls who like pretty boys who all happen to be in a relationship. That is exactly what it is, and I feel like when people are like Yuri was the best anime of 2016, I feel like no, it wasn't really. I mean, if you like BL, yeah, maybe it was to you, but it's definitely not the best. Well, the one thing that I, I give this credit for is that this was written as an original anime, yeah. which is a factor because a lot of these are based on manga, which I feel like has an unfair advantage if you're like, hey, what's the best? What's the yeah. best anime that, you know, has the best writing? But if there's a manga series that their job is to have, like, a super great story, mm-hmm. you know, like, and the visuals obviously are important, but really that's the, the bread and butter of manga. So, yeah. you know, I kept that into consideration yeah. as well. I mean, I, I don't feel like the writing was bad. I feel like it has succeeded where so many tropey BL stuff has yeah. failed. And I think that's what I like about Yuri on Ice. But the difference is this, is that if it was this kind of, like, gritty, like, everyone's crying mm-hmm. and, like, all that, it wouldn't be as popular as yeah. it is now. And I feel like, because there are those stories, like, it's not like those stories don't exist. It's just, like, what is that balance? This has good balance. Like I said, yeah. writing is all about good balance. So, uh, well, Breakout Anime of 2016. Uh, we didn't see this one coming. Yes. Exclamation point. You so, sh- it's- is it my turn? Should I do this? All right. I yes. will start. You start. I will start. Okay. Uh, ReZero is the one that I never expected it to be as popular <laughs> as it is. Um, it, it's basically a, a student. He, like, just appears in a magical place. He's, like, summoned into a fantasy world uh, where there's elves and demons and, uh, you know, your usual mm-hmm. tropes. But the thing that differentiates this from all the other fantasy is the fact that he he has this power where if he dies, he just responds back to a certain point. And so there's, like, these arcs where he is constantly dying. He is, like, 
He doesn't like die once or twice. He's there was like this one portion where he just like died like twelve times in yeah. a row, and every time it resets, everyone else's memory resets. Mm-hmm. So it it kind of has these ups and downs of where it's like this really triumphant story. Uh, or okay, a good way of putting it is it's like Groundhog Day. Yeah, in a way where. You know how Bill Murray is like, oh, this is kind of fun in the beginning. And then there's all those ups and downs where he's just, like, basically offing himself, like, because whatever. Uh, Because he just hates having to repeat all this again and having to rebuild, you know, all of these relationships. And so, like, it explores all of that, too. So this power is like a double-edged sword. It very much much takes his uh, toll on his psyche as well. And the fact that they're able to kind of, like, put that in a fantasy fantasy like it's a dark fantasy it doesn't seem like a dark fantasy it totally is it is yeah uh and all the characters are kind of quirky um it still goes with the fantasy trope which is always fun and they do it pretty well uh and all the characters you know you'll kind of you kind of like fall in love because like every time he respawns you see a different facet of that character you know, as either mm-hmm. a stranger is, uh, if, or if he's like hostile, or if he kind of like is overly familiar. Like they mm-hmm. all have a very, I wouldn't say realistic reaction, but for the most part, a different and unique yeah. one. So uh, every day is more interesting than the last, and so that's why. And I honestly like if you just hearing the premise, it sounds very just like normal, like mm-hmm. normal shonen. Um, but for some reason, a lot of people in the community were kind of like resonated with it for some yes. reason and they really really liked it and I very much when I watched it I very much liked it too um, and I would say it's sort of that like, kind of like mixture of dark and like fantasy and shonen all put together um, and it's a little bit unique it's it's yeah. out of the bounds because I, I feel like it's like what we were saying the subtlety of it like it didn't go full dark u- tropey usual like fantasy anime it kind of pulled itself back and it was a bit more psychological at some point yeah um, I feel like this year there was a lot of that. Like you were nice is another example where like they have a solidified trope where they're they're like let's not go whole hog. Let's kind of mm-hmm. pull it back and do something a bit different. And I feel yeah. like that is what made some of the, these anime from 2016 really great. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna actually hit up chat real quick because mm-hmm. uh, Tanashi's movie corner actually asked if there was a uh, Rakugo second season. Yes, there yes. is. Is actually this was it winter or spring? It's winter. It's winter. It's airing right now. Oh, it's airing right now. Yeah, so it's it, right now. So the second season of Rock Go is out right now, and it's a yep. continuation of the previous story. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so that's the, the question for that. Um, All right, so my breakout anime was actually one called Sakamoto Deska, um, or I Am Sakamoto. Or, that, that, don't, or what it was called, uh, Didn't You Know I Am Sakamoto? Yeah. I don't remember the English name. Uh, but it basically takes place uh, in some high school where Sakamoto is the coolest <laughs> dude that anybody in this town has ever met and it goes through like his little uh, everyday like uh, occurrences or trouble that he yeah. kind of finds himself in and him solving it in the most over the top ways but having everybody including guys just absolutely love and admire yeah. him like the whole thing is it still goes with the the usual like there's yes. these episodes where it's like oh I'm going to try to bully him yeah. But it's, like, then he just ends up being, like, so good at that thing yes. that he, like, scares the bully away. Or there's a, there's this one where it's, like, um, this they're bullying this other kid yeah, about his stupid the... hairstyle yeah. or whatever. And then he kind of, like, styles it up. And because Sakamoto did it, it was, like, oh, oh it's, it's art. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's so crazy. It's, it's hard to describe. Yeah. Uh, because it is super surreal. 
Um, it's it's sort of like this. The way that he does things is super ridiculous. It's yeah, super it's so stupid. over the top. It's really dumb. But like when everyone else sort of like is like, oh man, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like. It's. I think it's also very Japanese, yeah. where it's just like everybody kind of like you're either following in the in group or you're the out group. And Sakamoto is so cool that when he does it, everybody's like, "Oh, well, I we should do it too." <laughs> yeah, it, it just it's it's weird. I guess the 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 comedy comes from the fact that there's all this this whole school is just sort of like in a weird way brainwashed. Yeah, and like mesmerized they, by yeah. him. Um, and. Uh, that's I believe that's also a Shonen Jump one. Right? It is. It is. It and is it's also, also another one of those yeah. uh, four panel comics. And I believe that that actually finished it recently. Did. It did. Yeah. So the series is is at least in the manga, the run is done. Yeah. So the um, manga and the anime ended almost like within two weeks of each other. It was like only twenty chapters. It. Yeah. It's. I think it's definitely worth a watch just because it's ridiculous. And when you watch it, like, the, the things that Sakamoto does to resolve conflict yeah. is so stupid that you just, you're just like, how did they come up with this stuff? I, I feel like you very much have two things, two <laughs> yes. comedies about weird people with glasses. So, I, uh, which is like a Shonen Jump thing, because they're is. both from Shonen Jump. So they, I guess it's like when you see a tall Asian dude with glasses, he's funny. Yeah. But, I'm not know, saying anything. I think it's funny know. because like these two specific like Psyche and the and Sakamoto like they almost kind of subvert the the trope of like Sakamoto is supposed to be like this cool handsome looking guy but he's just some nerdy dude with like a comb over in a yeah. school uniform. There's nothing particularly handsome about him. But you know he has confidence. Yeah, and that's <laughs> the whole thing is like he always does everything with confidence. Um, uh, that's the secret. So. Here we go. Yes, Here's the here main go. topic. Best anime, Best anime of 2016. Go ahead, please. All right. So, my, what I consider the best anime of 2016 is a, a very, I feel, also underrated series called Erased. Ooh, um, that's a good one. Erased is about, the main character's name is Satoru Fu, Fujinuma, and he has the ability to turn back time, like, I think a few minutes in case, like, some life-threatening event is happening around him. Uh, in the beginning, spoilers, his mom gets murdered, and so this resets him basically back 18 years, and it takes him back to a time where he basically has to help solve um, kind of this murder that happened yeah. when he was a little serial kid. murder. Yeah, serial murder. So, like, two of his, like, childhood friends get murdered. One of, like, a girl from his class and a girl from another school gets murdered, and it's basically he in his elementary school body has to kind of go through every day, befriend these people and try to change the change uh, what happened in the past. Yeah. Um, I think it's definitely for me the best because it's so it's so heavy, it's so dark. Um, I think for me I couldn't I didn't actually see the villain coming, to be yes. honest. Really? I totally I not. totally did. I did not. The the thing that got me was like this is one of those series that has a really great story from beginning to end. end. Yes, it just there's no there's no part in between where like all the pieces are are like supplementary. There, yeah. There's no throwaway parts. Every part is important, and there's a reason that everything is important because every part is a clue of the bigger yeah. overlying mystery. And then there's also a conclusion of like what happens once once he's sort of gets in the situation as a child, and then uh-huh. there's another future arc in which they are still trying to solve this mystery. Yes. Uh, and I won't spoil it for you, but man, is that is it like such a suspenseful story? It is. It's a great mystery. It just like 
it, it's this roller coaster of emotion all yeah. the time. But and it's I, but it's super heavy. Yeah, it's really heavy because I mean, it deal they deal with stuff that like I feel like I don't see very often. Like one of the girls that's murdered uh, originally is basically the victim of child neglect and abuse from her mother. Yeah. And they show things that I feel like I rarely saw in anime. I mean, they are, they're leaving this kid out in, like, the cold, like, in a, in a little, like, garbage, cup, like yeah. garbage thing at night. And, like, it's... I feel like it went somewhere that, like, again, where, like, yeah. not a lot of anime go. Uh, I mean, it's... Oh, man. How can I... What's a good illustration of this? It's like if you tried to binge watch Game of Thrones, like a whole yeah. season of Game of Thrones. You know how it's kind of like... Or I guess in my case, it would be True Detective. Like trying to binge True Detective is like very heavy on your heart. Yeah. You know, there's just like a lot of things that you just emotionally, it's hard to like digest. And the fact that this is an anime, like, but is able to pull that type of emotion out of me is like, wow, what a great piece of writing and just visuals to be able to do that. Especially, you know, because... At the end of the day, it's like this weird slice of life yeah. as a kid. Like, yeah, it's you know like I mean? slice of life, murder mystery, like psychological kind yeah. of horror thing. And it, I think it was just so well paced and so well written. Like, I don't think there was actually like what the usual like recap episode yeah. that happens in anime. Um, but I remember like one scene where like uh, Kayo, the girl who he's trying to save, like comes over for her. I think it's her birthday, yeah. and she gets like a home cooked meal for the first time, and she starts like crying. I was bawling. It was so sad. It's. I mean, it's. There's like there's just such heavy, yeah, good moments, um, good twists. I guess a great. Oh, man, how do you? You know, it's like oh, when you have a really great puzzle and all yeah. when it fits together at the end and you're like it's damn, so satisfying damn, that's good yeah and it's definitely uh one of those animes for sure so i think for, watch every, it yeah everybody watch should it. watch it everyone should watch it if you it's want a really good watch it if you want like a really good dark mystery detective mm-hmm. story man, man it's you so won't good. find you won't find anything better yeah. i promise you at least within this year's season uh my best anime of 2016 is kabanari uh which is the iron fortress um, the reason that I picked this, if you haven't seen Kabanari, I want to say I want to say that it wasn't as popular, but it actually was very popular. It was the yeah. people that really like the people that like anime really loved Kabanari. Mm-hmm. Um, the re and if you need a summary, uh, the world is overrun by a mysterious disease that turns people into these infected zombies. But the whole thing is they're kind of like this weird mixture between metal, uh, like all of their blood mm-hmm. kind of hardens and forms this cage around their heart and they're always like burning um and so the way that people i guess survive is by having these they just live on these trains in these like fortresses yeah where you know it's just like these islands with these giant heavy iron walls and you know it's um it's like it's kind of if you've sne- seen snow piercer it's kind of like snow piercer it's like um, snow piercer meets like world war z, z yeah yeah uh so it's it's like this really interesting mixture of all these things that we've kind of seen, and you can see these influences yeah. come up in this anime, but putting them all together, it seems like a totally different mix because there's a little bit of everything. There's like a little bit of Attack on Titan. Yes. Uh, there's definitely some like zombie, like high school yeah. type stuff. Uh, but the reason I think this was the best anime is because this does something that a lot of anime I feel like 
fails to do most of the time, which is build like a really interesting, cohesive world. Yes. Which, if you watch this, you're like, oh, these people are living this way. And it's the world is a mixture of kind of steampunk and like old, like Japanese. Yeah, it's kind of like. Um, like me- not Meiji. Not I would say Meiji ish era. I feel like it's more Tokugawa. Oh. Uh. Right? Tokugawa? I mean, the whole thing Meiji. is... But but they have, like, all of the modern things. They have trains and they have guns and it's, like, every... I feel like it's that, like, if the Tokugawa period had not yeah. shut out the West and they had gotten all kind of the steam-powered energy, it would be yeah. late Tokugawa into Meiji era. So it's, it's a little... I guess it's a mixture of, like... Japanese steampunk. Yes. I guess that's the best that's way to put it. If you're going it. to desi- design something based off that premise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does it extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Kabanari are these are these people that are like half man, half Kabanari. Uh, and they sort of use their monstrous strength to defeat these things. Because, you know, they need yeah. to use heavy weapons. Um, you know, you it's hard to, like, destroy these, these basically relentless iron monsters. Um, so, it, great world. The animation is just stunning. It's like, I've never seen an anime as well produced since, like, UFO tables type stuff. You know, when they, like, you see, like, you know, when you see, uh, like, Unlimited Blade Works is one of those where it's, like, it seems like they put a lot of work into their animation. This is definitely also one of those ones where it's, like, every episode, there's, like, little hiccups for the most part, but the action is always spot on. Mm -hmm. They have this really great, like, kind of like art aesthetic where everything is like glowing high contrast yeah. it's super cinematic if it, it's like uh if it was like a, a a makoto like you know his 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 like light beams shinji makoto like your name the oh, art- makoto shinkai shinkai sorry yeah. that's what the name uh makoto shinkai's like kind of aesthetic yeah where it's like super sharp and super pretty um and it's it's like that throughout the series. Yeah, so I feel like I'm pretty sure that the same studio that did this was Studio Wit, right? That did bl- Attack on Titan. Was it Attack feel, on Titan? I feel like it was Studio I, Wit. It might be because everybody. Was, I remember when this this came out, everybody was like, "Well, this is the like the new Attack on Titan or whatever." Yeah, because the, I feel like that's because there was a scene when someone had shot a little thing and they like <laughs> kind of like repelled. That doesn't ever happen. Yeah, that is actually just like. Kind of like two or three parts. Like, that's not actually a device. Only one character uses that. I feel like if you watch this, I mean, it's a really good anime, but I think if you want something that's strong art and strong character design, this is the one to go to. Like, yeah, for I sure. think every single character, like protagonists, side characters, there's they all are very distinctive, but it seems like they're very cohesive in the design that fits into the world, which yeah. I think sometimes anime tends to fail at. So, like, the main character, his. His hair is like green or whatever, but like you see all these streaks, and there's all a reason for that. Like it's it's there's like a biological reason for it. Um, the reason that I picked this out of all the really great standout anime of 2016, and there are a lot. There are. A lot. It's very hard. Uh, I wanted to also say Grimgar because Grimgar is one of those super I, yeah. underrated. It was it's super underrated. I, but, it was on my list of four underrated. Yeah. It but super beautiful, pretty mm-hmm. very well written. Um, but the thing about Kabanari is it it just kind of has everything it's like the full potential of anime that's how i feel like it is you know it it has all the things that you want from an anime Mm -hmm. especially if you're like really into shonen and stuff um or if you're just a fan of animation or if you're just a fan of design or if you're a fan of good writing you know 
all of those things are in this, and that's why, to me, this is the standout. No, I mean, with all the Yuri's and with yeah. all the ReZeros, the whole thing is this has this level of, like, professional cleanness and consistency that you just, like, that is, like, an elevated, that's the thing that you can, like, show someone and be yeah. like, this, this is, is anime. This is anime. Yeah. This is, like, the full, this isn't, like, that, you know, like, that fan service, yeah. like, bunny girl shit. Like, this yeah. is what the full potential of, of what, like, is. Craft. See, is. I feel yeah. like see, even though we didn't agree, I feel like if you love like historical, fantastic kind of like the best potential of action anime, it's Kabaneri. Mm-hmm. But if you like intellectual anime, it's erased. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to disagree. <laughs> it's it's hard to disagree with that. They're two they're, they're two, two very veins, different types. Yeah, they're two different veins, and obviously, you can tell where our biases are because I very much like shonen stuff. Um, but yeah. at the same time, we can both respect each other's yes. choices. Because you didn't have a bad choice. I, you didn't say you're uh, nice, because then we would have had to throw down. Yeah. I wanted, I, 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 the whole thing is, I still, it's hard for me to even pretend to like you're nice, like to the point where it's like, oh, it's the best anime. I see, I see what it does, and I see, yeah. like, why it's good, but at the same time, mm-hmm. Kabanari, just hands down. Yeah. And also it has an original script and is a totally original thing. There's no Kabanari manga that it's based off of or whatever. So <laughs> yeah. Alright, so that's our our best of 2016. So just a couple minutes left. So we just want to go into anime that we're looking forward to in 2017. Um, for me, right now, winter anime. I'm super into one called Onihei, which is a historical Seinen one. And Seinen is much more mature. It's mature, gory. Um, there's a lot of blood. It kind of reminds me of um, Shigurui, uh, if if you've ever seen it. It's like no, it's not. like super like messed up Shigurui. Uh, you guys I, should check it out. I did some research on Onihei, and it's basically like samurai. Yes. And like oh, cool OG like Rioni Kenshin type samurai. Yeah. Well, and like the opening, and like they they basically reference a lot of the kind of like uh, Chambara like seventies kind of of like yeah. samurai films, which I think if you're a fan of that genre, you'd like. Um, other ones that I'm looking forward to, obviously Attack on Titan second series, uh, Boruto because I'm a huge Naruto fan. Um, looking forward to One Punch Man two and the new Card Captor Sakura. Great, uh, I agree with all of those. Uh, my my ones that I've done research on uh, is Saga of Tanya the Evil, which is basically like, the premise is like this little Maho shoujo girl that they use as a weapon and she's like crazy, she's like kind of evil, yeah. and they all are in this weird like World War One Ottoman Empire slash kind of like German, German world yeah. uh, but it's definitely World War One and not World War Two because like n- none of them are like great people, they all kind of no. suck um, but you know you, you give me Gritty War and Maho Shoujo, and I'm done with that. Um, <laughs> Aono Exorcist, the Kyoto arc, is going to be super good. Um, I love Aono Exorcist. I love the animation. Super good. Uh, Kobayashi Maid Dragon, which is a four coma, um, is super funny, and I read the manga. What? And it's about a dragon maid, and they get into like silly, hilarious situations, and the, it's great. So it's going to be pretty funny, I believe. Um, and let's see. Attack on Titan 2, of course. Yep. Uh, there's a new season of Academia. It's great. Um, and then Blood Barrier, which is sort of the 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 tri the from the artist who did Trigun, the writer oh. that did Trigun. Hmm. He did this um which is called Blood Blood Block Blood Block Break. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> anyway, the whole thing is it's super good. Uh, and if you like Trigun, watch it. 
Bolt. Berserk. Berserk. Duh. And then I think, then I predict this now, uh, with very little time left in the show. Yes. Ballroom A Yokoso. Yes. Is going to be the Yuri on Ice of next year. I 100% guarantee that. Everyone is going to start ballroom dancing. And I agree. This this is if you if you don't read it or you have no clue or the context of it, it's about competitive ballroom dancing. It's super intense and the art is beautiful, so it's gonna yep. be great. So that's it for us because we're moving to a new format. Who knows what we're doing next? We week? have no clue, but no it's, clue. It's, it's it's new. Um, <laughs> and we're doing this basically so that we can get some more participation from everyone mm-hmm. else, and we just really like arguing with each other mainly. Yes, and we would mainly. love for you to argue with us as well. Yep. Uh, so you can find me at Max Saltz on the everything, and you can find me at at May Warlock at everything. Yeah, she changed it. <laughs> I changed it. All right, guys. So hopefully, uh, look. Out for our new show next week. Goodbye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 